This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We give you all the viral stories that are just about to drop. Just please, oh please, oh please, oh please don't let this flop. If you keep scrolling, 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 and you're never gonna stop, then please, oh please, oh please, oh please don't let this flop. From stupid songs and dances, all the cultural advances, we will cover them from bottom to the top. Just please, oh please, oh please, oh please, I promise you'll appease our please, oh please, you please don't let this flop. Welcome to Don't Let This Flop, the podcast about TikTok where millennials talk about teens, but not in a weird way. I'm EJ Dixon. And I'm Brittany Spanos. So, Brittany, I, you saw Maniskin. Yes. Two nights ago. Yeah, I right? saw... Um, my, Am I pronouncing that right? Maniskin. Maniskin. It's Dutch for Moonlight. They're an Italian rock band, but the name comes from the Dutch word for Moonlight. Maniskin. That's so cosmopolitan. I know. Wow. Yeah, I mean, like, I have been obsessed with them since I saw Eurovision over the summer. But I think, like, for anyone, if you've been scrolling through your TikTok for you page, you've definitely gotten at least one of their songs. Like, there's been about three to four of their songs have gone viral on TikTok since they won Eurovision in June. And this is really the hottest band of the year, according to both the competition and TikTok users, because the songs are blowing up. And they're also, like, literally very hot. So... If you haven't listened to them yet, they're very glammy, poppy, hard rock band from from Italy. Like, they love, like, they work with Iggy Pop. They, like, have, like, that kind of 70s look and sound. Um, and they competed in Eurovision this year. And it was kind of a big deal for them to win because, one, Italy hadn't won in many years. Two, there has been a rock band that's won Eurovision. So explain what Eurovision is. Oh, yeah. So Eurovision is basically an annual competition where each country in Europe submits an artist, basically, and that artist mm-hmm. competes. It's like like Miss Universe, almost, where you have like one person competing on behalf of this country, and they are representing the country, but they have one song they compete with. There's multiple rounds. It's really exciting. The songs are so fun, like kind of insane sometimes, like a mixture of like ballads and like fun dance songs. But for mm-hmm. the voting round, it's like super long because you have like each country submitting who they voted for. And it's usually like a lot of politics around it. So at the end of that round, Italy, like Monoskin was kind of in the middle. Like it didn't seem like they would win. But the popular vote is what got everyone. Completely shook up all of the votes. It was like watching, it's what I assume watching a sports game is similar to. <laughs> yeah, um, we wouldn't know. <laughs> it was like super intense. Mm-hmm. And they won by a landslide. Like the popular vote was insane. And so this was like a, a really strange Eurovision too, because there's a lot of people watching outside of Europe. There's a lot of Americans watching, a lot of like people just like who wouldn't usually, where it's not usually broadcast here. Um, 
but there was a lot of songs going viral on Twitter, um, on Instagram, like people were like sharing them because the performances were really fun. I think it was just like also really fun for people to see a concert happening. Um, this was before concerts came back to the U S like, you know, concerts, not in the areas where they decided COVID wasn't real, um, where that was happening kind of off and on throughout the year. But like, for a lot of people, they hadn't been to a concert in a long time and they were watching like this gigantic concert happening in Europe. Um, so I have a question um, before we get back to Monaskin. Yeah. Um, it's, so Eurovision, it's it's a European thing. That's yeah. why it's like not super big in the US. I do remember seeing it at a gay bar in Chelsea and that was, that was really fun that everybody yeah. was just like drinking mimosas <laughs> and like screaming their heads off at Eurovision. But um, has anybody actually like blown up internationally as a result of winning this contest or placing in this contest? Yes. And it's been a really long time since that happened because that's also why Monoskin's success this year is so strange and so hilarious and amazing and great to see. But the two biggest acts to come from Eurovision are ABBA and Celine mm-hmm. Dion. Um, Celine, Celine Dion, Dion's from Eurovision? She competed. She's Canadian, but she competed on behalf of Switzerland in a way that I don't fully understand. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I also didn't understand why Flo Rida was performing with like a really small country this year. Uh, There's like, he also appeared at Eurovision. Very Flo Rida? Yeah, he was competing. But Flo Rida's from Florida. That's literally his name. Yeah, and he was like the guest artist on a song that, uh, like, I think the country is like San Marino or something, like a really, really small country. Oh, yeah, because everyone's rich there. So yeah. it was probably some, like, billionaire who was like, I, I, wanna, call I want this country to win. <laughs> yeah, let's call up Flo Rida. You know, like, he's third tier. Let's yeah. get him. seen people kind of blow up briefly but we haven't seen like an artist actually get a hit from eurovision in decades now so why was this band so big like why did why did people just fall in love with monoskin what is it about them well first and foremost they're all super super hot like let's you know (laughs) like they are all like they're they're four members of the band they're all like in their early 20s and they are just like they exude sex like that's the entire what they sing about constantly is sex like they they kind of give off that like solo Harry Styles appeal where mm-hmm. their sexualities are like very ambiguous, like clearly kind of very, like they're very clearly fluid, both in the gender and sexuality sense. Right. Like they dress very flamboyantly, like the lead singer wears dresses all the time. Like when I saw the concert, the bassist Victoria was literally just wearing like X's of like titty tape over her nipples and like a girdle, which is just incredible. I was like, I don't know how you're like, up there performing with that and that's amazing and like it was just like so like they're just like so they're hot they're shirtless all the time they're making out with each other all the time and not only was their performance of their song ZD Buani like incredible they did such a great job the song did really well but they were hilarious in the press room right after they won like they were like popping champagne they were clearly wasted because the voting period takes so long <laughs> There was a mm-hmm. point where it looked like Damiano, the lead singer, was snorting coke off the table, which went immediately viral. Um, mm-hmm. He denied it, but like, it just like, especially with their look of being very seventies rock stars, was very fitting. Um, just like you know, they're just like hot. They're hot, and the music is really good. The music is very glammy. It's very catchy. It's very fun. Um, you know, it's high energy. It's like exactly 
you know, what a type of band you want to see live. Like you're like dying to see a, t- a band like this live. And they're just like a super hot, fun band. Like they kind of have the, uh, like the musical chops that match how hot they are. So my exposure to them is fairly limited. Um, I, t- I, I told you <laughs> uh, about the, for their new single, Mamma Mia, um, the lead singer made a TikTok where he um, was, it was like a fairly straightforward video where he was just like lip syncing the lyrics and it ends with him <laughs> like doing the cunnilingus <laughs> sign. Like, and and I, I thought, you know, maybe I'm a little old. I thought that was a little distasteful. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I thought that was a tad that was a tad much. He would have hated the concert then. <laughs> <laughs> Did he do that the whole concert? Was the concert just like a nonstop cunnilingus? I mean, like fest? I think it's also because there are. Ta- I think this is there are certain things that I think that comes off less cheesy from them because they're Italian. You know, mm. Mm. like you know what I'm saying. Like it's because like it's like the like the, it's like they're like very very Italian about it, and it's like hot. But it's also just, like, less cheesy. Like, it's just kind of, like, hot that they do it. It's funny to kind of see them in concert and kind of see that similar, you know, not to keep comparing to Harry Styles, but he's the only artist I listen to. Um, But, like, just, like, that fact of, like, I think a lot of people project a lot of their own sort of, like, fantasies and desire Mm -hmm. onto this band. And to watch it in real time in a concert is always, like, really fascinating and amazing to see. Um, just because, like, there are people like fingering themselves on the floor, like, <laughs> no, people was that were, like, what it was losing like? their minds. So, like, the band mm-hmm. themselves are like very hypersexual during the show, and like, you know, like Damiano is like letting people like smack his butt. He, some girl threw a thong at him, he put it on. Um, it was just like stuff like that. Like, they're doing like all these like moves. Like, he was like licking the like licking the guitarist Thomas's guitar the entire time. Like, it's just like very like over the top but it was very fun and then they brought a bunch of people on stage to like dance around for the last song and I remember leaving and this girl who was very clearly like 15 16 was just like oh my god I can't believe I was on stage we have to find the after party I was like you're not gonna find the after party my girl like, <laughs> no, you, no, 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 you literally have braces on <laughs> they're not gonna let you in <laughs> No, these guys are like, if they're blowing up, like they are NDA, lawyered up, like they are not going near. Oh, but you also like very clearly look like a child. No one's going to let you in like you're you're 15. That's like the negative influence of Wattpad working. Like everybody is, everybody like is living in a Wattpad fantasy. Yeah, I mean, they seem very like, like the analog for me is the darkness that that band that blew yeah. up with them? I believe in a thing called love, and they didn't really last very long. It was kind of, and we and we kind of knew it at the time. Like it was, you know, very. They were capitalizing off the '70s glam revival, and it was very kitschy and flash in the pan. And they had that one hit, and then they kind of evaporated. But I think these guys, I I think these guys have a little bit more staying power than that, even though they have a very similar aesthetic. Uh, only yeah. if only because they're very hot. Yeah, they're very hot. But I also think like the darkness aesthetic was meant to be funny, right? Like mm. there there was a c- certain level of like weird owlness to it, where like it was very much supposed to be kitsch in that sense. Like this is very, they're very much in. This is the style that they like. Like this is like the and also the clothes that they wear are very similar to what's popular right now, right? Like what's popular right now is that sort of seventies glam flared pants, like lots of prints, um, you know, kind of just like this very, very Studio 54 
type of vibe. And so that's already kind of blowing up even before them. And I, again, like it's because of some of the artists that have been blowing up, you know, you have like a lot of the disco songs from last year. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, they kind of fit into that. Like they came at kind of the perfect time. Like they've existed for a few years now, but for them to have one Eurovision when they did, they came at the right time where the style has come back into fashion. And because it also is very much tied to the, actual influences of their music, like what they actually listen to and what they enjoy and what they're drawn to, it sort of coalesces pretty perfectly. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Um, Moving on from uh, something very cool to something uh, very uncool. (laughs) Uh, The brands have had a big week on TikTok for very very different reasons. Um, Let's start. Let's start with the positive because we're nothing but good vibes here um the person running the duolingo account is having what i would say is a mental breakdown of sorts um (laughs) and the account is completely unhinged for a brand account um the owl the duolingo you're you're familiar with the duolingo owl the duolingo owl, owl has harassed me more times than i enjoy i've done it for spanish and french which are the two languages i've studied in the past and Mm -hmm. Every time I fall off, it's like notification after notification, email after email. We miss you. Where are you? It's too much. Yeah, that's the meme. The meme, the, the, the Duolingo owl basically has a reputation. Like the meme is that he's like very, I, I don't want to assume their gender. So I'm just going to use they, yeah. the non-binary owl. The owl, um, you know, is very aggressive and murderous and is like sneaking up from behind to with a knife to make sure that you do your language alert. Like a very Joe Goldberg from you. Um and on TikTok, they're going buck wild. They're being sassy. They're starting feuds with Google Translate. <laughs> um, they're being horny for Dua Lipa on Maine. Um, and they're twerking to an Adele. Oh, who does the smack my ass like a drum? Cupcake. Cupcake, yeah, yeah. The, the the cupcake remix of um of Adele yeah. and showing their ass. In this silence, baby, let me smack my And they're falling apart and I love it. Uh yeah, I mean I think it's just like super fun. Like I've been seeing them in the comments a lot for a lot of videos. Um before I started to see the actual videos that they were posting, they were doing like pretty horny content, co- like comments mm-hmm. in on various videos and just like mm-hmm. really like wacky comments that made no sense. Like, you know, sometimes brands <laughs> kind of are drawn to the stuff that relates to their brand, right? Like they're commenting on things that like, you know, you see like Trojan condoms commenting on TikToks about sex or about like, you know, like Tinder too. Tinder comments like, on every sex TikTok. Yeah. So, they, you know, they usually are doing like something that's brand appropriate. And what I loved about the Duolingo comments is that none of it was brand appropriate. Like none of it, it was like on like hot, hot people 
you know? And, like, it was, like, Duolingo, commenting, like, something thirsty, you know? <laughs> like, it's it's weird. It was weird stuff like that. And I kind of loved it. Yeah, I people have been really into it because yeah. it's very authentic. And, like, the thing that you have to understand about brands on social media The instinct is always for people to be like, oh, that's cringy. Like there's something very like, how do you do fellow kids about United Airlines or um, Johnson & Johnson or something tweeting about whether it's a bones day or a no bones day. Yeah. Like it's, it's, they, brands definitely, it's an uphill battle for brands on social media, especially TikTok, which is so youth oriented. Yeah. But with Duolingo really leaning into the chaotic energy of the owl and sort of pivoting <laughs> to make the owl not only like, you know, super aggressive, but horny as well. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like that's kind of how you have to go about doing it on there if you're a brand. Yeah. And I think like TikTok allows for more um, experimentation in that way than like, mm-hmm. like brands on Twitter are the worst. Like there is no good brand on Twitter. Um, like they're all trying really hard to be funny and they all interact with each other in a way that feels so inauthentic. But I think that's also, like, the nature of Twitter sometimes is, like, the interactions don't always feel very much, like, in, I don't know. They, it's hard for them to feel authentic. But, like, with TikTok, you can just have a little bit of fun with it. Like, Empire State Building, they had one, like, that was just, like, sort of, like, making fun of the One World Trade Center being that, like, new building. And it was, like, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, like, look at her, she's new. And so it's, like, stuff like that. So it's, you know, like, weird stuff that, like, especially unexpected brands that don't really probably need the social media in that way. Like, I don't know. Empire State Building doesn't need a TikTok account. No, to it doesn't. It. People know that it's there and they're going to go visit People it. People know that it's there. Yeah. And so it's like, but you have it and they're doing very well with it. It's very funny. But in contrast to Duolingo, you have planters, which went on TikTok that was trying to start a simple contest, um, you know, being like, hey, you know, we, we want you guys to write our new jingle. And they got absolutely fucking roasted, pun completely intended as a result. Um, I think what happened is they really expected people to follow the assignment for some reason. And I've seen a few videos that did, but the vast majority are like this. Uh, Peanut butter, peanut butter in my butt, urinating in that ass called a peanut, nothing in her mouth, give her anaphylaxis, pistachios, love it when I walk in with a zip, I'll be the first to admit it, yeah, my flow is trash, your girl for chewing on this pussy like you're getting some cash, and I, I'm sorry. Um, Lots of like butts nuts nuts in my mouth coming in my mouth like yeah <laughs> just shit, shit like that which planters should consider they should have considered it like have they ever met a teenager like what did they think was gonna happen <laughs> yeah i mean i i see why it's like why would you want to engage with something when it suddenly becomes like free labor right where you're like writing this jingle like you're not guaranteed to make money off of like there's no signed contract that planners will give you money for your jingle if it's good. Yeah, and people got really upset about that. They were like, planters, you know, is trying to steal free labor from us. And, you you know, they sort of like smelled out a conspiracy theory, which I'm not sure is necessary. I mean, it seems like a pretty straightforward marketing gimmick. Um, Yeah, I mean, but there's been a history of that stuff happening, right? Like where people, Mm -hmm. there's been like design contests. And I've seen this on TikTok where like designers have been like, that's true. I entered this contest or like I interned for this company and like I submitted this pitch and, you know, they used just enough of it where they got away with using it for without like having to pay me. So I get why people are pretty like on edge about it, especially if you've 
probably been burned before. I, I mean, it really speaks to how difficult it is to be a brand on an app populated by teenagers who can smell inauthenticity like a mile away. Yeah. So we wanted to talk to the goat of <laughs> so welcome. And we were lucky enough to get the Duolingo TikTok <laughs> account manager <laughs> on the podcast. So please welcome Zaria Parvez, the Duolingo owl on TikTok. So Zaria, what is your official title or is your official title just like Duolingo owl? <laughs> um, so my official title is the social media coordinator. We've gone fairly deep in the TikTok and it seems there was something of like a tonal shift with you guys, you know, originally starting out posting standard language instruction videos. And then you started getting in more on the memes and the trends on TikTok. So what accounted for that shift? Yeah. yeah so honestly, TikTok was, we had this account. It was there. Our partnership with ByteDance kind of ended. So it was kind of just laying there and we were like, look, we're back in the office. The mascot is here. We see it looking at us. So like, why are we not doing anything with it? You know, um, and then I went to Michaela and I was like, listen, like, I got an idea. I don't know if you'll like it, but let's just go for it. <laughs> and I think at that point, it was such a big, like, test and learn kind of situation. We're like, what's there to lose, you know? So we posted that first video, like, the live, laugh, love um, trend. And people loved it. And I was like, my ego kind of got stroked, you know? And I was like, do I keep going? Um, and so they got really excited with the content that we were pushing out. So I guess that shift is kind of just a natural, like how do we actually stay with the trends versus creating our own trends? Yeah. And you mentioned that a little bit earlier where Duo the Owl as like a character had already been memed a little bit, especially since the app is so good at holding people accountable for keeping up with their lessons. So like people already sort of had this, this -hmm. character that was built on like Twitter and other platforms of like who Duo the Owl is. Like what did you want to bring to TikTok with this and kind of be able to make it, um, you know, its own sort of recurring character on on the app? Yeah, so I think, yeah, so the meme's been present um, on Twitter and a lot of just like, oh, Duo's going to come after you. And like, how do you show that? And like, how do you really get people who are already on this app to move to another app, our app, or just be reminded of it? So we really leaned into like two things for our TikTok strategy. Um, First off, like, duo is everywhere. So that was kind of one part of the meme that already existed. But also, like, language learning is fun. So that's why, like, with our commenting to our own content that we also have, we've gone to, like, just, like, literally different corners of the internet just talking about, like, culture or, like, what, honestly, like, whatever the video is and just commenting to add on to the conversation. And a lot of comments will get back is, like, oh, like, duo, I forgot that you existed. Got to go do my lesson. And so it kind of was the shift from, like, actively forcibly talking about language learning to like just being part of it and being with them and meeting people where they're at. And the foundation of that meme was a great kicking plate, like kicking kickstart place for us to go off of. So since your um, TikToks have blown up, we were wondering like, has, have new logins, new subscribers to the app increased? Yeah. So it's only been about a month since our TikTok's really blown up, but we do like have this survey that we give when people first sign up for the app about, like, how did you hear about us? And we have seen, like, a slight uptick, sorry, um, into people saying from social media. Um, and we've also seen, like, on Twitter, a lot of people commenting and, like, talking about us and being like, oh, we're now going to do, like, we're not going to download Plus because of, like, duo twerking on this conference room table. Um, sorry, I never thought I would say that. <laughs> so just stuff <laughs> like that. Um, so we still are tracking results, but I think we have more of, like, qualitative data right now more than actually quantitative increase so far. Yeah. 
And what's been the most successful video so far? Um, I think the one where, like, it's, like, uh, help the killers escaping. And it was, like, duo just actually chasing Michaela and my other boss. Um, and that one just did super well, but I think like duo's easy on me, um, cupcake remix is making its way up there slowly. Yeah. (laughs) So is it, is it part of Duolingo lore now? Because obviously the owl, you know, has a reputation for being like very aggressive and chasing people down when they don't do their lessons. Has duo killed anyone? No. (laughs) Duo. so, So, I mean, I hope not. Um, but like, I guess for us, duo is very much like, yes, we're aggressive. Yes, we're doing this. But like the secret and the key to duo's heart to be like in his good graces is just to do your lesson. Um, so that kind of also comes off like on social and someone will talk about their streak. Like we actually had a video where somebody said like, oh, I have a 400 and something day streak. And like the whole audio was just us telling them that they are worthy of life because they have a streak. Yeah. And I mean, duo also, you've added the, the little extra something something with he's a little horny on main so i'm wondering have you gotten have you gotten in trouble for making duo a little horny on main or was that encouraged in the (laughs) rebranding oh my god um great (laughs) question um so it's actually pretty cool that like i haven't received too much like backlash from like executive members or other people like on our team in general i think there's like this general respect that they're like hey, we're here, you're like Gen Z, what you're doing is working, so like, just make sure you don't make duo too violent. Like, that's kind of like the temples and the rest is like, everything's pretty open. Um, And we've like seen a lot of love on Twitter as well. Like people calling on a touch, they're loving the content within our like TikTok content, like comments. Um, So I think that also makes it okay, I guess. And like, even honestly, funny story. So I was in New York City this weekend and I was like at a Starbucks and I was sitting there and like all of a sudden like these group of middle schoolers walk in. And so honestly, like middle schoolers to me are like the most terrifying breed of human beings. Absolutely. And yeah. And people are like the executive team. And I'm like, no, the middle schoolers. Um, and so <laughs> I had a Duolingo water bottle and they like come up to me and they're like, do you know about the Duolingo TikTok? And I was like, holy shit, like this is it. Like I'm done for. Like, I don't know. And I was like, yeah, I actually like run it. And they're like, we like it. And that was like, God sent, like, you know, <laughs> angels were singing. And I was like, oh, of course, awesome. And then they asked to take a photo, which was super cool. Um, so, like, it was just cool to, like, have that experience. But it's funny that, like, people really think, like, internally people are, like, upset at me or the executive team. But it's like, they're, like, do whatever, you know? Like, as long as you have a general, like, a general guidelines. But it's, it's cool to, like, just, you know, have the free reigns to do it, especially as, like, a junior talent. Yeah. We've talked a little bit about how TikTok um, has been historically fairly hostile to brands for exactly the reason that you mentioned, you know, because middle schoolers and teenagers are so cynical. And like the Planters Peanut Jingle Contest being the most notable example recently. So like, what do you think is the key to getting engagement as a brand on TikTok? Um, so I think like a big part of it is I myself, like I'm 23. I've been on TikTok. I've been using it. And I think I was really given the opportunity to like use a voice that's authentic to people who are my age and get it and talk about it. And like our objective has never been really to like sell content, to get people to download the app. Like it's more like we're here, we're here to have a good time. And I think with that mindset and the content we create, we're more willing to take risks. We're more willing to like actually meet people where they're at versus have this like need for people to like 
get into our content in that sense. And I think part of it's also like our app is free. So it's like, it's great if you download it, but it's not like this big pressure to like get, you know, get users and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also being in on the joke, which I feel like you and the team Mm -hmm. are, are, have already kind of assessed and have brought into what this TikTok is. And I think there's a lot of brands that have not sort of caught what the joke is with theirs. So what do you think that is with like, um, brands are even adjusting to new platforms and each one having a different tone, like how you are on Instagram is going to be different than how you are right. on Twitter and how you are on TikTok. Like, you know, what is it about TikTok that makes it so much like you have to be really in touch with what the joke about the brand or what the humor is and the brand on there? Yeah, I think like the main part is, is like the audience, at least like our audience that we have, it's so young and so like Gen Z, but even like more like, as a 23-year-old, I'm like, I feel like an old Gen Zer here. Like, I, it's often when, like, I have a 12-year-old nephew, and I'm, like, obviously, like, looking for his approval at all times. Um, so I'll be like, hey, like, this is idea I'm thinking about. What do you think? I'll get, like, one-word responses, like, yes, or, like, no, that's stupid. Um, and I think it's just constantly, like, staying in tune with where people are at. And, like, as a brand, we've always been, like, we want to be fun and playful. And that's like our personality, even to our, like our app, like our sentences are sometimes really weird and just very random. Um, so that's just been part of who we are. So it's like being playful in a way that like really speaks to people. And I think also another key thing that we've just been not in the mood of like making our own trends or our own audio, but like shifting more towards like what's actually already happening and trends that are going on right now. Yeah, this is great. Thank you so much for chatting today. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much. <laughs> so, so have you been, have you been paying attention to these rumors about Selena Gomez and Chris Evans? I feel, I feel like that's very much up your alley. You know, it is, and I'm honestly shocked. I have not seen any of it until you told me about it. Like, I have not gotten a single selena chris video even though my tiktok for you page is very often a lot of chris evans content what are her fans called selenators it's it's what does that mean what does that mean i don't really know it's like ariana ariana natures yeah Yeah, that makes more sense um i don't really sounds like inseminators yeah it's weird it's weird I, I, I yeah I don't, I, 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 I don't like that she she should she should intercede she should do something about she that. could have done like a selenies or something you know it's like any anything else seleniums yeah anything anything that's else. a mineral in <laughs> in radishes radishes are an excellent source of selenium my grandpa used to say that um there's there's a free idea for you selena gomez there's some free labor but basically chris evans put up an instagram story of himself playing the piano this is so stupid i can't believe we're talking about this and people thought they saw Selena Gomez in the reflection of the piano. Okay, I I saw that, but I also <laughs> saw um, after you'd sent told me this was happening, I like, sleuthed on TikTok, and there are a ton of videos that put together a lot of paparazzi footage of them mm-hmm. leaving restaurants together. Like he followed her um, like on Instagram a month or two ago. And they were at the same restaurant. They left in the same car. There's a literal photo, a paparazzi photo of them talking outside her car, um, outside of a studio that they, like, why was Chris Evans in a studio? So mm. there's mm. other, there's other evidence. So it's not just, it's not just the reflection, but there's that's, okay, that's, that's good paparazzi to know because... footage. And I also saw a lot of fan edited photos and I don't know why those exist, but people were quick. They were quick. 
it's like I I that's good to know because like the the Im- the image in question the one that uh, in the piano reflection it's literally like her shoulder yeah and like or someone's shoulder like and a tiny tiny sliver of brown hair like there's no eyes there's no nose there's no mouth there's nothing in that image yeah. that would suggest to me that's Selena Gomez but now that you're providing all this other context other I stuff. think there's something going on yeah which is upsetting because I think that Chris Evans and Lizzo were uh, the possibility of them being together was such a delight and I was rooting for that to happen I was like I hope that they have sex maybe they did maybe they did we'll never we we wouldn't know know. actually we'd know immediately Lizzo would tell us immediately Lizzo would definitely immediately tell us we would get like like 20 TikTok dances about having (laughs) sex with Chris Evans um but yeah, for was... eating a salad and and uh, I, I fuck Chris Evans, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but why? I'm why would they keep this such a like what? What is meriting this level of secrecy? I think they're both pretty like aggressively private people. Like, I think the thing about with, with Selena and this was also kind of fascinating to see in the the videos that I found about her and Chris, which you know, a lot of them kind of ended up coming back to Justin Bieber. And it's, Mm. that's a, it's very, it's very strange that that still happens. And it wasn't necessarily like her, it wasn't people being like her and Justin could have been together. It's like, look at the way that she's upgraded from Justin. Like that's like, but it's like in the same way that people still talk about Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt. Like it's been years and Mm -hmm. Jennifer Aniston was fully married to someone else in between that. Like I'd rather talk about Jennifer Aniston and Justin Theroux, but like no one, no one wants to move on from, that relationship in a way that I don't understand because it wasn't that it wasn't a good relationship. Like I was never rooting for Justin Selena. Um, but like, yeah, I don't know. I think she's remained pretty private about a lot of that stuff. Like, I don't think she's been public with any partner of hers since Justin. Um, and again, it's because her fandom's really intense. Like they bully Haley Bieber constantly on Instagram and mm-hmm. they bring up Selena and Justin's comments all the time. Um, it's like pretty wild. And so I don't think she's been super public about it. Chris Evans also, I don't think he's been really public about any of his, any of his relationships. So they're, they're the two people who like are never like, I have this new thing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, 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 I kind of feel like what's going on it just because, like, I have no basis for this whatsoever. I just, like, knowing people and knowing what people do and humans do, they're probably just fucking. Yeah, honestly. probably. They're probably just fucking and they just don't, and they don't want it to be that serious and, like, you know, it, it, and I understand that because if, if the media catches hold of it, it'll be a big thing. Yeah. But the only, but I believe this 100% because of how TikTok was so on top of the Anna Marie Tendler, John Mulaney, Olivia Munn yeah. news that we talked about last week. Like I, as a result of that, I believe every single celebrity rumor that I see on TikTok bar none, everyone. Yeah, I mean, especially with, pop, I mean, you know, I'm like in the in the trenches of pop stan mm-hmm. internet and there are no better sleuths than pop stands. They're, they are the FBI... I'm surprised that they're not hiring them in droves because pop stands will literally <laughs> like find anything. They will put things together. They will make sense of it. Like they will know before you know. They'll know before they know. Like they will put it all together. And so I don't doubt that like, you know, what they say is true because 
they have the time and the energy and like, you know, they will they will figure it out. And I also we're probably going to cut this, but I wanted to ask you if you believe the conspiracy theory about Selena Gomez and Francia uh, Reza breaking up, not being friends after she gave her her kidney. Oh, EJ, I've been on top of that for the last three years. You're late. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. It's like three years old at this point. I know, but that's the Selena Gomez like conspiracy theory that I see on my For You page. And I love it. Oh, I haven't gotten that yet. Maybe I'm just not on Selena TikTok yet. But anyway, I need to rectify that because I find her fascinating. But like, yeah, that's my friend. One of my best friends and I literally are obsessed with that. Like we've been following that journey because they just don't, they stopped interacting. They never have been seen together since then. We have a few minutes, so I want to wrap up. But like, we'll talk about this later. (laughs) Okay. Because I will talk about this for another 20 minutes. (laughs) Okay. All right. Let's let's do Hambo. Okay. So as much as I would love to crown Chris Evans as our himbo of the week, because he is the himbo of every week for me personally, I would like to celebrate instead a small business, especially, you know, on this, on this week, we're talking about big brands. Let's celebrate a small business (laughs) and the himbos of the week, himbos plural goes to let's get moving KC which is the TikTok account for a Kansas City-based moving company, which seems to be run and only employed by beautiful buff men. So smart. So so smart. smart. So the account is perfect for promoting their business, not just because they're hot, but they're also really, really funny. And they give these great responses to all the extremely thirsty commenters on their page to basically like rework the comment to be about moving. And my favorite that just came out was a user asked if, one of them could rearrange his insides because technically like they will rearrange your insides, but it's only <laughs> if you're referring to your new home. So let's hear their, their incredible response to that. Uh, Tim wants you to rearrange Gosh. his insides. Uh, like an in-home move, we can have the, you've got to move your furniture from like the living room to the garage so you can get your floors replaced. We could do that. I Not your entrails or your innards, just your furniture, sir. Yeah, we're gonna we're, we'll do your furniture, <laughs> sir. I was telling them it's usually a two man minimum because of liability purposes, minimum. and uh, that way we can tag team his insides. But I mean, we can bring a, the if you've got anything large, large equipment that you need us to handle, we can bring black strap ons to make sure we can lift those appropriately. We've- and this is this is truly the only horny brand content I support. It's pretty. Gr- I there is nothing I love more on TikTok than the subgenre of really, really hot himbos uh, responding with bemusement yeah. to their horny comments because <laughs> the comments are so they're just like next level horny. Yeah, they have a great sense of humor about it. They're having a good time. They also just like are they're really just you know do, like going along with it. They're good sports. Have you ever had a hot mover? I've never had a hot mover. Um, one of the movers that moved me this summer was hot, but like not like exceedingly hot. I think I was just like, you know, I was like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> it, just, it just seems like a prime opportunity. Like it's a prime objectification opportunity because they're like going upstairs and sweating and their flesh is yeah. glinting and they have like their muscles are bulging from carry. I need to I, I need to calm down. But <laughs> This is too much. But yeah, brilliant, brilliant idea for a moving company. Brilliant idea for a TikTok. Yeah. We salute you, uh, moving himbos. 
And thanks so much for listening to Don't Let This Flop This Week on TikTok, brought to you by Rolling Stone and Cumulus Podcast Network. Written and hosted by me, Brittany Spanos, and EJ Dixon. Executive produced by Jason Fine, Bridget Shelsey, and Elizabeth Garber-Paul. Edited by Dan Stein. And original music composed by Daniel Marksland. 